This program is a paid commercial announcement from Jacob Media Partners and does not reflect the views of WPHT or its management. Mark it down, Sunday, April 10th. It's the 34th annual All-Star Labor Classic presented by Philadelphia's Organized Labor and featuring the best of the best, high school girls and high school boys in a city versus suburban showdown. It's the All-Star Labor Classic, a Philadelphia tradition showcasing the very best high school girls and boys basketball players from the entire Delaware Valley. That's Sunday, April 10th, starting at noon. The live games will be played at Ridley High School. Now, on Talk Radio 1210, If we don't move in our own direction, we're going to become extinct. In fact, in some cases, we're close to being extinct right now. Presented by the Law Offices of Pond, Lee Hockey, Giordano. Talk, listen, and speak to the region's most influential leaders. This is The Labor Show with J. Doc and Krause. Hour number one of The Labor Show with J. Doc and Krause live here on a Saturday night on Talk Radio 1210 WPHT. Mark Steer, who's the director of the Pennsylvania Budget and Policy Center, will join us and be with us, J. Doc, for the full hour. We're going to talk about the conviction of John Doherty and Bobby Heenan back in November 2021. We're going to ask Mark to provide some very defined clarity to his statement, a terrible miscarriage of justice. That's our topic for the full hour tonight. It's a two-hour live show, hour number two. Uh, details as we roll along here in hour number one. But first, Jay doc before we begin and bring Mark uh, into the dialogue, uh, I come to you with prayer and resolve, um, and you're opening just a few minutes or thoughts uh, on what's happening in Ukraine. We continue to stay strong for a community that's fighting for their freedom. Yeah, uh, Joe, it, it, it's a very uncertain time. Uh, for the people of the Ukraine, but also uh, for the people on earth, if you will. Uh, uh, the actions of a madman, if you will, who cannot get over the old school czar mentality, uh, who's a paranoid about, about Ukraine joining NATO, and they're not even close to it, uh, who's using propaganda, talking about genocide for Russians in in. in in, in the Ukraine, which is as ridiculous as the day is long, uh, is utilizing uh, his platform and where it, to destroy that nation. And I can tell you right now, you know, we in the United States support them. Keep it here on Talk Radio 1210 WPHD at the top of our, every hour. You'll get the very latest uh, on the news. Mark Steer will bring into the conversation now, uh, and he joins us for the full hour here on a Saturday night. Mark, uh, good evening. We thank you. We welcome you back. It's been such a long, long time since uh, you were on the Labor Show. Jay doc said it goes back four or five, maybe even six years ago, but we welcome you in uh, tonight. Thanks for being here. Uh, it's my pleasure. It's good to be back. It was about four years ago. We were talking about some labor issues in Pennsylvania where I yep. do most of my work. Then. That's right. Uh, we were at daytime. We were on daytime during that time. And you know, like Joe said, it's great to have you back. Mark, uh, you know, this is a this is a topic that's near and dear to our hearts. It's been a mm-hmm. ridiculously painful time for us. We all share your sentiments. Um, we want to talk about your your, your blog post. Uh, the Doherty Heening verdict is a miscarriage of justice and why it matters. Uh, elaborate, if you will, sir. Sure. I, I think the fundamental issue is that 
the the entire indictment and trial is based on an attempt to what I call criminalize everyday politics. Um, you know, people think that politics stops on election day. The, the political philosopher Jean-Jacques Rousseau once said, we're free only one day a year, the day we vote. But the fact is, politics goes on all year round. There's a great deal of lobbying. Businesses do it. Issue advocates do it. Labor unions do it. And we do it for lots. I do it as a as the director of the Pennsylvania Budget and Policy Center. We do it for lots of reasons. Uh, we to make politicians aware of an issue, to encourage them to work on one thing rather than another, because there's only so much time they they have to give them some information they might not otherwise have about an issue, about one why one perspective on the issue is better than another, to explain to them who will benefit, who will be hurt by different issues. Lobbying is a, a part of democratic government. Much of the work I do is in giving everyday citizens the tools to become lobbyists, to talk to legislators, to contact them, to share information with them. Now, you gain access to them in lots of different ways. Uh, I do it mostly through expertise in policy matters and communication strategies. We also do it by getting a following, getting a bunch of people to agree with us and enabling to contact legislators. Labor unions do that all the time. Labor members, labor union members, follow the direction of their union and contact uh, people. Labor leaders have expertise in issues. We do it by giving them electoral support, um, you know, finding bunches of people who we, who we think we can influence how they vote or giving people money. This is the everyday work of politics. Uh, and we ask legislators to do things every day, to introduce legislation, to hold hearings, to come to an event, to give in a speech, to one, vote one way or another. Now, there's no question John Doherty did that with Bobby Heenan. Um, but it, there's nothing illegal about it. It is everyday politics. They made three claims. One, that uh, there was something illegitimate about it because Bob, Bobby was on uh, the payroll of Local 98. First, they said it was a no-show job. And now, one thing I can vouch, I, I know it was not a no-show job because I saw Bobby Heenan doing work that had nothing to do with his council work. Second, they said... Um, and second, they said he only supported Local 98 and John Dockery's request because of that job. But that's nonsense. Anyone who knows Bobby Heenan knows that he had a million reasons to support the aspirations of Local 98 its members. He's a true believer. He's a member. Uh, he comes out of Local 98. Local 98 provided political support for him. Local 98 gave him information he needed. The stuff that all lobbyists do every single day. You can't bribe someone to do something that they would do anyway for a million different reasons. So I thought the whole case was just nonsense. And it's a highly questionable nonsense because, number one, if you're going to criminalize politics, who knows what, what we can do and what we can't do? And how can citizens interact with legislators if everyday lobbying is illegal? And second of all, there's the issue of selective prosecution. Why John and Bobby have been prosecuted and not others. Mark Steer joining us here on The Labor Show. Mark, let me ask you one thing about the Bobby Heenan Local 98 connection. Mm -hmm. I have not seen it written anywhere or acknowledged anywhere that the simple fact that Bobby Heenan was a Local 98 electrician a member of the IBEW before he was even elected. 
the political director of Local 98. Right. Into city right. council. So it, it, this whole process as hold on jay duck let me just finish my thought um this whole and then you can jump in this whole process uh, uh in terms of how it played out i never heard that i never saw that listed anywhere and to me if there's anything that validates who you are it's where you came from and he was an electrician yeah I, I, mark let me jump in there real quick is there anybody in the city of philadelphia that didn't know bobby heenan was a, a member of Local 98 that didn't have a job at Local 98. It was, it's, as, as the first point is, it's not illegal to have a job. There was no, it was full disclosure. No one didn't yes. know it, and no one didn't know it that voted for him. So it, it, it's, it's, a, it's as ridiculous as the day is long. Elaborate, Mark. Yeah, I mean, look. I first, I met John and Bobby together when I, I was running for city council in 2007. I went to ask Local 98 for their support. I met Bob, Bobby was the, was the political director. He said, come come meet with me and John. I went to their offices. We had a nice long talk. I did most of the listening, as, as you know, is often the case uh, <laughs> when, you're, when you're in that position. Uh, and I learned an enormous amount. Uh, I learned a lot about some issues I didn't know about that we've actually been working on on infrastructure. Um, it was a really enlightening conversation, even though they didn't ultimately support me in that election. Um, and, and, you know, anytime I've ever talked to, to, to Bobby, it was usually with connection with some local 98 issue. I mean, this, there's nothing secret about this. It was totally, it was far more transparent, let's say, than most of the relationships members of city council or state legislators have with their political supporters. Oh, yeah, because um, and, everybody knew Bobby was a member of Local yeah. 98. When he was running, he, you know, he, he ran on a, a big platform, was not only Local 98, but organized labor and working people. Yeah. Mark, would you say this? Would you say that the uh, federal indictment and the way the indictment was crafted, would you say that the information was completely taken out of context and misrepresented you know what i i I wouldn't say yeah in in a way i think i would say it was because it the indictment as i read it and i have to say i read it and i said what is this all about because if you have the context of knowing how politics works you know that what they describe in that indictment is everyday politics it's the stuff that everyone who's engaged in politics knows about that everyone who's engaged in politics does. There's nothing criminal about it. And what I think the trial did was try to put that kind of everyday politics in a very, very bad light. And, and uh, I think the convictions came about because the prosecution was successful in putting them in a bad light. And I think, you know, that's really unfortunate because, as I said, this is a danger to politics in general for all of us particularly all of us who, you know, who work for labor uh, unions and, and, you know, labor unions are on my board and um, who work for, for public, do public advocacy because, you know, uh, there's first the question is, are we, are we going to be next? Second, the question, why are they coming after us when there's so many other much more uh, trenchant examples of, of, uh, of things that they should be looking at? 
Mark Steer is our special guest here on hour number one of the Labor Show. We're going to go to a commercial break. Uh, before we do that, MarkSteer.com, and Steer is S-T-I-E-R. So M-A-R-C. S-T-I-E-R uh, dot com. You can read the blog post as it was written. We're talking about it for the full hour tonight. The Doherty Heenan verdict is a miscarriage of justice and why it matters. Also, a little bit later on, somewhere around 634, bottom of the hour, communications director from IBEW Local 98, longtime spokesman for John Doherty. We've extended the invitation to Frank Keel uh, to join us. We expect him to do that. That'll be around 634. This is The Labor Show with J. Doc and Krause. Back in a moment. Tonight's edition of The Labor Show is sponsored in part by IBEW Local 98 North, UFCW Local 1776, Sheet Metal Workers Local 19, and the International Union of Painters and Allied Trades, DC 21. This whole nonsense about not giving workers the right to organize with so-called right to work, that's bad. Something like that comes to my desk, I'll be to it, not just because I'm a Democrat, not just because I'm pro-labor, but because I know for a fact that's not very smart. And back here live on The Labor Show, hour number one of The Labor Show with J. Doc and Krause, visiting with Mark Steer, who is the director of the Pennsylvania Budget and Policy Center. He's with us full the, for the full hour, MarkSteer.com. Uh, is where you'll find um, Mark's perspective. Feel free to go there and check it all out, Jada. So, Mark, your blog post is named the Doherty Heenan verdict as a miscarriage of justice, which we just touched on. Mm-hmm. Let's now talk about and the the and why it matters part. Talk about that. Why does it matter? Um, I think it matters because of something else I talked about, and that is. I said there's a, there was a, a kind of class bias in the case and in the in the prosecution. Um, I, I think the prosecutors succeeded not because they showed that that John Doherty and Bobby Heenan violated the law, but because they um, they kind of reflected certain middle class ideas about politics that I think are are really problematic. Um, so, you know, one common middle class idea is about politics. We need politicians who stand above various interests and weigh them and balance them and so forth. So when you see a, a, a councilman like Bobby Heenan who comes out of Local 98 and who fights strongly, not just for Local 98's interests, but for labor in general and for working people general, in general, and people say, well, there's something wrong with that. And I have to push back on that because, you know, there's a fundamental struggle in this country between working people in the middle class on the one side and wealthy corporate interests on the other. And I don't want politicians who are independent above it all. I want someone on my side. Um, And I especially want someone on my side because a lot of the common ideas that people have about politics, particularly middle class ideas, don't actually benefit most of us. And that takes me to the second point. Um, Implicit in a lot of these cases, they were saying that, that Bobby Heenan was helping Local 98, by taking actions to help union members get jobs, um, that is to ensure that certain jobs went to union members and that they got good wages. And, you know, to, from some points of view, that, that looks like a special interest, uh, that, you know, they're helping labor. And, you know, you see newspaper editorial writers sometimes say, well, labor gets more, but the rest of us pay more in, in, uh, with higher prices, 
or higher taxes if you're talking about public sector unions. And I think we really need to push back against that because when working people uh, come together in a union, they are not the only ones who benefit. Everyone benefits. You look at states where there's a high density of, of union workers, and what you find is wages are higher for everyone. And yeah, there may be some higher prices, but most of that, when you unionize enough people, the wages come out of the profits of corporations. And that's why they oppose uh, unionization. Um, and it's really critical that for workers that they are unionized. You know, we've got, say you do electrical work in, in, in the technical field. Well, in, in our area, you've got two evil empires you can work for, Comcast and Verizon. If electricians were not unionized, uh, they'd be at the mercy of basically two big employers. And we know that would drive wages down. And that's why it's so critical they be unionized jobs. So when, when Bobby Heen's taking action, making phone calls, and trying to ensure that jobs uh, at a hospital are, are unionized jobs, he's not just fighting for Local 98. He's fighting for the labor movement, and he's fighting for working people in general. And I'm really concerned when I see a a case that uh, has this, you know, basically rests on some absurd ideas about, you know, politicians who stand above things and shouldn't fight on one side or other, and particularly when they call into question fighting for labor unions. Mark, is this any different than uh, when big corporations fight against legislation like right to work, which is exactly the opposite of, of um, you know, trying to unionize and, and, and fight for working standards? Yeah, I mean, you, corporations, you know, have way more money than labor unions do. And, and uh, you know, but they need, but they need the, the support from the, the legislators in order to get that done. That doesn't see, get done because nobody's lobbying. Um, you know, it, it's, it's the same thing in reverse. And, and, and they're not getting called to the mat on it. We are. Uh, and exactly. it makes us look like a bunch of thugs that's what they try to paint us as and i think that's exactly right they they want to say that when labor unions are fighting for their members their special interest and i don't look at it that way i think the the labor movement is critical to the well-being of middle-class people and working people we need to recognize that and we can't have u.s attorneys prosecuting uh everyday politics done in the labor movement and then ignoring what corporations do in, Mark, in securing their interests in in uh, in lobbying and and so forth. Mark, let me get your uh, get your thoughts on this question. Um, John Doherty and Bobby Heenan are both appealing uh, the convictions. I don't know whether or not the guilty verdicts are going to stand or not based on that appeal. I don't believe they should stand. But if they do stand, will this? precedent have long-term effects against all unions against the labor community i think it's it's quite possible that it will um because you know people have to think twice about uh the the kinds of relationships they develop with legislators uh, particularly if they're not going to be the same rules applied on both sides um, you mentioned, you know, uh, businesses, big corporations do the same thing labor does. Um, they also employ uh, politicians in, in, in Philadelphia. Um, you know, there are uh, 
first of all, one of the one one big uh, owner of a major real estate empire, Alan Dom, is on city council. Uh, he votes to support. He votes on issues that have some implications for his own business. Derek Green, Councilman Green, who's actually a friend of mine, he's he works uh, of counsel in a for a labor firm. Um, I mean, so for a law firm that does anti-labor work and um, has in, represents corporations that have interests. Um, so, again, none of that's illegal, right? It's not illegal. None of this is illegal. Right. You can argue it should be illegal. Uh, I think I might say it should be illegal, but it's not illegal. So the question is, why is Bobby Heenan being prosecuted and others are not? Exactly. It's, What's it, the answer to that question? I think the answer is is kind of what we've been saying that that implicit in this whole case is a is an amp, is a a class bias and an anti labor bias. And, and you know what's interesting about that? You know, you, you, you know, you talk about the the, the the jury of your peers, okay? And uh, it's a federal it's a federal uh, court, so that the, the the jury comes from all over the state. I'm wondering how many of those individuals understand what it's like to be to grow up on the streets of South Philadelphia, and sometimes the language isn't that pretty, and you get mm-hmm. and, and 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 you get beat up based on bias and, 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 and conversation. How many people on a jury can relate to that? Well, let's do this, J-Doc. Good, yeah. uh, let, let's, um, before we dive into that, let's pause on that lead-in. Crazy. Um, we'll get into our second commercial break here on The Labor Show. We'll pick that question up on the other side of the break. Uh, also, uh, Frank Keel, Communications Director, IBEW Local 98, longtime spokesperson for John Doherty, um, will join us by phone. Uh, so we'll get Frank in for a segment. We'll pick it up on the other side. Hour number one of The Labor Show with J. Doc and Krause. Back in a moment. This edition of The Labor Show is sponsored in part by Sprinkler Fitters Local 692, Laborers District Council, Steam Fitters Local 420, and the International Union of Operating Engineers Local 542. We're going to try to work with Republicans in a bipartisan way to find solutions to what really is not working. I'm back here live on the Labor Show with uh, Krause and J. Doc. Here. Oh, <laughs> is it, J. We're having a little power struggle here. <laughs> Our number one uh, of the uh, two-hour live show on Talk Radio 1210, WPHT. Mark Steer uh, is with us for the full hour. Again, MarkSteer.com. I want everybody listening, and we know we have a big audience on this platform, on this radio station. I want everyone to go to MarkSteer.com. The Doherty Heenan verdict is a miscarriage of justice and why it matters. In a moment, Jay Doc, will Frank will bring Frank Keel uh, into the conversation as mentioned before we went into the break. But I want you to tee up Can that I- question again to Mark um, and then we'll bring Frank in. Get- Mark, we were just I was just saying, the, you know, um, you, I, I always question if it's really a jury of your peers even though I know legally it is, but they bring in individuals in the, in, 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 when they're picking a jury from all over the state. And the question I have is, we're, you know, we're from uh, Philly guys. Sometimes our mm-hmm. language isn't, you know, we're, we're, you know, it's not like we're at church. Um, and we get painted like bullies. We get painted like, uh, you know, trash mouths. And, and, and um, I think that the, that, that the federal government takes advantage of that situation. Your thoughts? 
Yeah. Before I get there, let me just say something. The blog uh, is more easy to, easy to find if you go to blog.stier.net. Oh, and, perfect. And Thank take, you. So, okay. so have I, uh, Mark, thanks for correcting me. I hope I haven't been putting it out wrong, but we'll give that for the rest of the time throughout. Okay. So to your question, I, I think that's another element of the class bias here. Look, let's face it. The, let, me, let me tell you, I, my dad went to Harvard Law School with the GI Bill. And, and I got a Ph.D. From, from Harvard as well. But, but my dad always told me, you know, don't be a snob about it. Uh, you know, remember where you came from. Remember that, that his father came to this country penniless and, and worked in factories and joined a union. And that made it possible for him to succeed later in life. But there are a lot of people who don't, know, don't think that way. And they, they look at electricians and who have a lot of political power, and they say, you know, why do they have political power? Uh, you know, they're just electricians. Now, anyone who knows John and, and Bobby know how skilled they are, how committed they are, how knowledgeable they are about public policy and about politics, how effective they are, and would never ask that question. But in the minds of a lot of people, especially, you know, middle-class, upper-middle-class people, there's the question, why do they have political power? And then there's the issue that you talk about. You know, you go to a fancy graduate school, uh, you lose some of your rough edges, and you learn how to make threats nicely. Uh, you know, you know how to stick a knife in a way that you don't feel as bad, uh, even though you may be bleeding as badly. Um, and, and that's part of it. Uh, Pointing point to, to, to the, the way John talked uh, to Bobby, look, they they went back years and fought fights together in the union. Their language shouldn't be shocking to anyone, but to that jury, some members of it clearly from you can tell from the interviews with them later it was shocking, and it shouldn't have been. And I I think the prosecutors knew exactly what they were doing in playing those tapes. And as much as the judge said to ignore the, that language yeah. and ignore it, uh, the the relationship between the two. It had to have an effect on, on how the jury decided. Let's bring Frank Keel into the uh, conversation, uh, who uh, joins us here on Talk Radio 1210 uh, WPHT. Frank, welcome in. I'll give you the floor, man. You can jump in. You can comment just on those last statements there by Mark as the conversation rolls on. Well, good evening, gentlemen. And, Mark, I want to thank you for doing this, because what, what you did, you gave voice to thousands of people who are having the same doubts, the same questions that you so eloquently put in your blog post. So I thank you for that, Mark. Um, here's the thing from, from my perspective. Um, and this amazes me, Mark. You wrote that piece just based on reading the indictment alone. And then you sat through most of the trial and nothing changed your mind, did it, from your original opinion? No, no. I mean, look, I didn't I didn't watch the whole trial. I read about it in the newspapers. I looked at a little bit of the transcripts, but not much, because usually when they put an indictment, uh, you know, the, the best story they possibly can without, you know, fear of refutation. And mm -hmm. just looking at that story with, without knowing the other side, I thought it was nonsense. Uh, for all the reasons I said, I, I, I thought they were criminalizing everyday politics. I could tell it was written in a, it was written in a way to to you know push certain buttons in middle class people about how they look at politics and to call into question mm -hmm. the right of union, labor people to form a strong relationship 
with uh, political officials. Um, and nothing I saw in the coverage or in the couple of transcripts I wrote did anything to change my mind. It was obvious where they were going. And it was obvious to me that they had no legal case, that the winning a verdict would be done by appealing to um, um, the kind of emotional issues, the middle class and anti-labor bias, uh, anti-worker bias that, that I've been talking about today. No question about it. Here's another point I want to make to you, Mark. Some of us suspect that the, the possibility of partisan politics at work here, because as you know, the government has been after John Doherty for the better part of two decades. Uh, right around 2015, their efforts really seemed to escalate, which just happened to coincide with the state Supreme Court election in which John played a pivotal role in electing three Democrats to the state Supreme Court, which shifted the power dramatically. And it was within that same six-month time frame after that election that the feds raided John's home, all the union halls, and then shortly thereafter came the indictments. So I'm wondering if you think there may be some partisan politics at work in all of this. Yeah, it's quite possible. Uh, Let me just say first that that 2015 election has been incredibly important for the, the future of the state. Uh, by winning control of the Supreme Court, not only have they had a lot of very positive decisions on many issues, including protecting us from COVID, but we got fair congressional districts in 2018 and have them again now, and we're going to have fair uh, legislative districts after 20 years of some of the most gerrymandered uh, pro-Republican districts in 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 the, the country. So that w- John's achievement in, in helping win those victories um, are, are critical to progressive politics in, in the state, and everyone should recognize that. Was the indictment or the investigation retaliation? I don't know. I think I'm pre- the the U.S. attorney was a Republican at the time, I believe. Mm-hmm. I'm not even sure yes. about that, but um, no, that's right. Uh, certainly, certainly after certainly the you know after Trump took office, uh, we had a Republican U.S. attorney when the case escalated. Um, whether it's partisan bias or the, a feeling in the U.S. Attorney's Office that, hey, uh, why are these people so powerful? And, you know, we gotta, we got to take them down uh, or, or we got to see what, what's going on there. It, it, wasn't, it wasn't fair to, be po- to, to focus the way they have on, on the political relationship between John and Bobby. Uh, and I, I, I don't, I don't, you know, it's someone's going to have to look at the inside workings of the U.S. Attorney's Office sometime and and figure that out. I don't know enough to say one way or the other, but I I'm just sure think the case is questionable. I don't understand it. I mean, I, you, you know, dumb Frank Keel, dumb question. Yes, sir. Why, in that example, why would that create a scenario? For retaliation, I don't understand it. I, I, I'm trying to make sense it's, out of it from a, from a public perception standpoint. I don't get it, uh, Joe. It's it's part and parcel of everything that that Mark has been saying. I do believe there is a a class bias uh, at work here. Uh, there's an anti-union bias, without a doubt. That I and believe 100. Absolutely, and when when John. Doherty and and Bobby and Toby, because Bobby was a a big part of all of the success politically that the union enjoyed over the years. 
when they felt that those two were getting too big for their britches, the the scrutiny ramped up considerably. I was an eyewitness to it. I know that for a fact. Um, and Mark, one other thing that I wanted to mention, you talked briefly about um, the, the foul language. There were there were a couple mm-hmm. things at trial that I think bode well for, for the appeal for both John and Bobby. One, Judge Schmail, who, who did a, a very good job managing this this circus of a, of a trial. He admonished the jurors, he instructed the jurors at the outset that regardless of your feelings towards Councilman Heenan having a second job and having a, a second salary, you have to set aside your biases because it is legal in the city of Philadelphia by the city charter. It is legal. And yet one of the jurors did an interview with the Philadelphia Inquirer anonymously after the verdicts came down and specifically said, we, the jury, did not like the fact that Heenan had a second job and they held it against him. So that's one. And then with, with John, he, the judge again warned them, you are going to hear some very foul language in these, in these tapes, in these uh, recorded conversations. You are to ignore it. And the same juror in that same Inquirer article said, it was important that we didn't let Doherty and all that foul language intimidate us. So it just mm-hmm. there, there's so many question marks uh, and and issues at, at work here that I believe uh, can lead to a successful appeal for both gentlemen. Yeah, I I obviously agree with that, Frank. And and when you when you when you sit down and you think about this, it's actually mind boggling. Uh, because one of the things Mark was talking about before is that this is not only goes on every day on city council, and there's no secret, it's legal um, it, to have a second job. You know, People lobby all the time uh, on behalf of their businesses and their communities, but what's mind-boggling about it is if that's the case, across the board there must be hundreds of thousands of such relationships and that's where it really gets confusing why would they pick those two guys i get it i get it when you become that effective that you're that you're impacting uh you know the the pa uh, uh supreme court uh you know you can well, is that, is you, that? well you can tick some people off who you know at this, at, at this point at very high levels and then they can get political and next thing you know obviously we don't have proof but next thing you know uh out of all the gazillions of communications between businesses and individuals and community leaders and politicians and legislators, they pick Bobby Heenan and John Doherty. Uh, you know, nice trophies, awesome trophies. They get to say that uh, they put them down. And their, job, and, 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 and their job was to convince 12 people use, utilizing bad language and, and you know, the kind of things we talk about on jobs or, or, or the way we sound and convince the jury that they're bad people. Let me ask Mark to right. this. I want to drill down on yeah. Frank's reference to the anonymous article in the Inquirer, I guess it was, from a juror. Mark, if the judge instructs the jury to disregard or discount something specific and the jury does not do that is that legally grounds to have the verdict overturned i'll be honest with you i'm not a lawyer 
Uh, I really don't know. Uh, I, I think it it does raise questions. And, you know, it was three things. It was the language. Um, it was, it was, uh, and then it was the thing they said, we don't, we don't like the way John it was pushing Bobby around to do one thing or another. Um, and then there was the job. Well, the job was legal. The language is not so uncommon and is uh, utterly irrelevant. And, the, you know, John may have been talking to Bobby, may be a little more aggressive because of their history, but lobbyists ask legislators to do things all the time. Lobbyists are a fundamental part of how our government works. And those lobbyists don't just include labor unions, they include businesses who are a lot more powerful, and they include public lobbyists, you know, advocacy groups who work on health care issues or housing issues, the work we do. Um, if, if, if that's how the jurors made their decision, based on, they don't like lobbyists telling legislators what to do, then it just shows that what we're all saying is true, that the case was based on criminalizing everyday politics. Whether that provides a legal grounds or not, I don't know. I hope it does, because I think there's real danger here in, in criminalizing the work we all do that's really important. And there's, there's also danger in selective prosecution, in relying on uh, you know, anti-working class, anti-labor union bias uh, as a way of, of convicting people for things that, should, that are not illegal. Fast hour here, hour number one of the Labor Show. Gentlemen, stay on the line, please. Mark Steer uh, with us for the full hour. Frank Keel. Uh, Frank, we'll ask you to stay there as well. This is the Labor Show with Jadock and Krause. Back in a moment. Tonight's edition of The Labor Show is sponsored in part by Iron Workers Local 401, Boilermakers Local 13, Plumbers Local 690, Roofers Local 30, and IBEW Local 98. Choose a Local 98 contractor. Touch that dial. We're just getting into wrapping up hour number one, hour number two. The legendary Vernon Odom joins us for the full hour. Uh, we'll be here from 7 to 8 o'clock. Yeah, Mark, you're a, an, an Ivy League Harvard PhD, correct? That's right. I don't know how you and I didn't cross paths. <laughs> yeah. I worked at the <laughs> University of Pennsylvania on one of the buildings. It's kind of the same thing, <laughs> except a little different. Mm-hmm. Um, having said that, you know, what, a couple things really ticked me. Five here. minutes till we're done. Yeah, no on. question. But the government has all the money on the planet, and they go after somebody like John Doherty and Bobby Heenan, Okay. And they can bleed them to death, man. Mm-hmm. They can bleed them to death. And at the end of the day, you have nothing left but, you know, the self-respect and, and, and barely your image in the mirror. What precedent does this start, Mark? What precedent does this start, not just in city council, but in all politics? I, I think it's, it's a dangerous precedent because I, I don't. I, I think other labor leaders are going to have to be thinking about the same thing. Um, why not corporate leaders, though? It, why, well, why not corporate if, leaders? If, if what's corporate good for leaders the aren't, for being, aren't being indicted, uh, they're not going to have to worry. Um, and that's and that's my fear that there was there was an element of selective prosecution, an element of un, unfairly picking on on uh, the the union movement and the labor leader. And you know it's. It's hard for it's it's hard enough to do the job we all do in trying to fight for working people, whether you're part of a union or part of an organization like mine that does public policy work and issue advocacy. 
um, it's even harder if you have to think, well, uh, you know, am I crossing some line here that, that I don't know exists because this is how we do things all the time and all, and, and the government can come along and say, Hey, what you're doing is illegal. Um, you know, you like to think, hey, maybe your... they took it. Maybe they took advantage of the unique situation where Bobby was, uh, or not so unique, actually, situation where Bobby is also an employee, and say that employee relationship is the basis of of, and saying I should say saying falsely that that's the basis of something that's corrupt because it's not, because it's a, a legal job, but you know, y'all, everyone has to think about about the power of the federal government. And as you say, they have unbelievable resources they can throw at, at, at you if they decide they, that you're doing something wrong. Uh, and you have to worry about that. Um, I, I'll be honest. I thought for a second, Hey, do I want to do this show? And, 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 uh, you know, I, I have a, a organization and, uh, although I'm not speaking for my organization tonight, but I have a, a position I want to protect. Uh, I don't really relish pissing off the U.S. attorneys. On the other hand, um, this is a really critical issue. It's a critical issue for our politics. It's a critical issue for the labor movement. And I just felt compelled to speak about it in my blog post and to come on here and talk with you about it. Mark Steele. It took courage for you to do that, Mark. Frank Keel, I'll give you uh, 35, 40 seconds, man. I just wanted to to say that that I understand completely what Mark is saying. And, Mark, I, I... Thank you for your courage, both with the blog post and for coming on tonight, because this needed to be stated. There is a double standard at work, and you've exposed it. So thank you. My pleasure. Thank uh, you for Mark inviting Steer, me. Joining us here on our number one of the Labor Show with Jadock and uh, Krause. Frank Keel, thank you for joining uh, as well. That's going to do it for our number one uh, of the Labor Show here on Talk Radio 1210 WPHT. Don't forget, coming up on the other side of the top of the hour, the legendary Vernon Odin. Odom will join us. Uh, And we'll have a great conversation as the John Doherty Hour kicks off uh, right after the news at the top of the hour. On behalf of Mark Steer, on behalf of Frank Keel, on behalf of J-Doc, I'm Joe Krause. See you next time, everybody. This program is a paid commercial announcement from Jacob Media Partners and does not reflect the views of WPHT or its management.